Hello, beloved. Welcome to the Christ Mind Podcast with your host, A.D. Rose, a.k.a. Lexi, where we come together to shape our minds to become more like Christ. Hi. Today, for me, it's January 3rd. Today, for you, is going to be January 17th. Um, today is the day that my podcast official, officially launches, which is so nerve-wracking and crazy. I'm giving you guys my heart on a separate platter, platter and allowing you guys to do whatever y'all will with it. So, that's scary, but it's in God's will, and God's will will be done, and I'm just excited to get this started, despite the nerves. Um... But yes, thank you so much for joining me again for another episode. We're on our third episode um, and on our second episode for this, um, what is it called? For the series, the You Are series. As you can tell from the title, we're going to talk about suffering. Um, I thought it was a really good next step because first first episode we learned about humbling ourselves, learning about that we are the problem, never God. And the problems are always causing suffering and our suffer our suffering, right? And um, this is to help you look at that suffering better. So let's just jump in to the video. Um, today's title, You Are Not Suffering for Nothing, can only be a relief if you believe in Christ. Because as we go through today's lesson, we will see... Uh, the difference between biblical suffering versus worldly suffering, which means to suffer with Christ versus to suffer with the world. Okay, I hope that sounds like something you would love to listen to. And grab a notebook, grab a pen, relax if you're in a place that you can relax, and oh no, enjoy. Sorry, I have my Bible and I almost messed up. Um, anyways, let's pray and then let's get into it. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Holy Father, I just ask that you may enter your spirit into this moment, into this time, so that we may be focused on you and only you in this moment, that all the thoughts that are wandering, we may captivate them and have them obey Christ. And I ask that you just have us look at our suffering in the way that you designed it to be, the way that you created it to be, and not the way the world sees suffering. Help us be able to make the decisions, the active decisions to actively seek you, to actively understand what it means to suffer with Christ and not to just live, not to just want to live out a painless life, but wanting to live out a Christ-like life, which requires that suffering, just as you did on the cross, dear Jesus. I love you and I thank you for bringing me towards these people and I pray that I just touch them and you just speak through me in a way that in any way that could just, it touches them, you know, speak through me in a way that, that as if I was, as if I heard their prayers, you know, as if I heard the prayers that they've been praying for you, as I've been hearing the cries they've been crying to you, have me speak something to that, to that pain, to those prayers that gives them hope and an answer of any kind, Father. I'm your vessel always, in Jesus' name, amen, in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Okay. So suffering means undergoing pain, distress, and hardship. This seems very unfair and cruel and hopeless to people who live for the world because they cannot make sense of it. There is no hope and there is, n there is no thinking of a greater good or more than just their feelings. Suffering with Christ would just be, sorry, suffering without Christ would be, um, just these things with no result, no growth, no purpose afterwards, no movement, just a constant cycle. When you have Christ, suffering takes not only that part, but a second part that stems from life, meaning, growth, and purpose. According to todayscatholic.org, in a homily delivered by Bishop Rhodes, he said, I printed out the article as some of 
I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but I have highlighted parts in the article if you want to go um, read it for yourself. Again, it's from today's catholic.org, uh, and it is the homily delivered by Bishop Rhodes. Okay. It says, Jesus brings suffering into what we can call a new dimension, a dimension of love, salvic, salvific, salvific love. The Son of God strikes evil at its very roots, conquering sin and death with the power of love. He conquers sin by his obedience unto death and overcomes death by his resurrection. In his passion, Jesus took all human suffering upon himself. He gave it a new meaning. He used suffering to accomplish the work of salvation. He used it for good. His love transformed suffering so that this awful reality that is connected to evil might become a power for good. So suffering now is a saving power. And that is how we as Christians can find meaning and purpose in suffering. What before we might have thought was totally useless so jesus not only redeems us from sin and death but he also redeems suffering oh sorry but he also had redeemed suffering he has he has made it redemptive he has made it a source and a means of something good redemption and eternal life he accomplished redemption through suffering as john paul wrote christ has raised human suffering to the level of the redemption this each man in his suffering can also become a share in the redemptive suffering of christ last one our suffering can only become part of christ's work the greater the greatest work ever done the work of salvation this happens when we have faith with faith we offer our sufferings up to god and he uses them in a mysterious and powerful way for the redemption of the world through the power of love the love that is very that is the very inner life of god so in faith when we are suffering we can experience an inner joy that comes from love by offering our pain and suffering to god with jesus generally for the salvation of the world and even specifically for particular people i'm gonna tell you right now i can end the video right then and there um as you can tell when god died when sorry, when jesus died god aka god um suffered on the cross like he said he made suffering now redemptive when he be, when he rose again from the grave on the third day he made suffering redemptive so if you're suffering and when you are suffering and while you're suffering because it's bound to happen connected with redemption suffering equals redemption and never equals uselessness or hopelessness or torture it always equals growth and connection and accountability and responsibility and life um let me say sorry suffering with christ has a purpose and rewards read the beatitudes he tells us the things the world attempts to ruin and look down upon will be glorious and rewarded in heaven think of it again i think i said this in the first video in the first episode sorry to think of your suffering as a workout do not think of it as a torture when you view your suffering as something that is just bringing you endless pain that doesn't it's not doing anything you're going to be beaded down by it now when you think of it as a workout you start you start building momentum you start it doesn't become such a dark cloud to you it becomes something that you know that needs to be done and you know that brings you strength like a workout you know you know when we work out well when i work out if you work if you don't work out it's okay um well it's not okay if you don't work out completely you know you got to do a little something for your health but anyways um uh but when you work out you know it, it hurts it's it doesn't feel well it feels like what am i doing but then you see the results whether not it might not come right away but you see them inevitably if you're doing your workout right. And that's how suffering with Christ is also. So here is biblical suffering. So I'm going to go in James 1 verses 2 through 4. I'm reading this from, um, I got this book, this Bible, the Spiritual Growth Bible. It's NLT version. Um, I got it from Amazon and stuff if you want to look it 
look it up but i'm reading it from there so so you guys know if you don't get like the exact same translation as i do um but yeah so let's do this i said one what did i say two through four okay Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great uh, great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Again, dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way consider it as an opportunity for great joy for you know when your faith is tested your endurance has a chance to grow so let it grow for when your endurance is fully developed you will be perfect and complete and need nothing Mm. so james tells us again that when we are suffering we should have joy when we're doing it when we feel this not sadness because we know that this is building us up it's building our tolerance up so that we can be less weak than we were the day before so number one suffering with christ so i think okay yeah we have i have it broken down in three parts i have it suffering with christ suffering for christ and then suffering with christ suffering in christ suffering for christ suffering with christ and that's what we'll be going over today so the first one again is suffering in christ and suffering in christ is our mind so we have to think on what's important according to philippians 4 7 through 9 we have a lot of scripture today so be prepared for that let me find it let me find it i have them all labeled so that this doesn't take as long but I have a feeling it's going to take as long in his way. Anyway, but it's okay. Okay. Philippians 4, 7 through 9. Let's get it started. Um, Where is 7? Verse 7. Okay. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, brothers and sisters, one thing. One final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. Mm -mm, mm -mm. So Paul tells us to think on what is honorable what is right what is pure what is lovely what is admirable our mind when our minds are in a thought cycle a negative thought cycle and a negative loop it will always 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 be prone to immediately thinking the worst of everything immediately thinking the worst of any situation any person even yourself even before the day even begins, you're already thinking a negative thoughts. It is, it is a cycle now. It is a habitual thing. It's a habitual thought to be negative, honestly. And so when we allow ourselves to stay in that habitual cycle, again, it's a habit. That's what habitual means. So that we're always, we're just going to keep going back to it, keep going back to it, keep going back to it. That's why we have to break it, break it, break it. We have to make our new habitual thought process needs to be breaking those thought processes because those thought processes, I don't believe, ever really go away, especially if you're a person that suffers with anxiety. I think anxiety is something that sticks with you if it's your thorn, but it's something that you can, you can get through and you can you know use what paul says in philippians 4 7 through 9 is to think honorably think admirable think pure things if any of your thoughts are not rooted in love it is not from him it is not it is not to be thought about it is something that is taking away from you it's something that is is death um philippians 2 through 13 says let me see philippians 2 13 through 14 sorry philippians 2 13 through 14 
For God is working in you and giving you the desire and the power to do with what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Again, let me read that. Philippians 2, verses 13 through 13. Through 14 for god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you live clean and innocent lives as children of god shining firm so wait, shining like bright lights in the world full of crooked and preserved people god is the one who works in us and when we have the desires or work on our plate he is always working in us for our greater good that is why he tells us not to complain not to not to do those things because we know that everything we do is for christ i think if if i'm not mistaken on the prior verse 13 it says dear uh friends sorry uh verse 12 sorry dear friends you always follow you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you and giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing. So, God puts these things in our life. God puts the suffering in your life. God and sometimes the suffering again is your discipline sometimes it is your consequence and sometimes it is your lesson so it's either discipline a lesson or a consequence it is never a punishment it is never to pick on you it is always for your own good so when we do go through rough patches none of the verses are ever going to tell you yes just sit down and mope and complain no they tell you to do the exact opposite that doesn't even make sense to us in the moment which is to rejoice to not complain to think honorably to think purely to think of it as a great joy it's the opposite and so the enemy loves to make us think that oh no you're suffering right now this is you have a reason to cry and be mopey and and be in a bad mood and do this because da -da 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 is happening to you no it's never an excuse you have to always remain rejoiceful and content and calm and in prayer because that's how you're really going to fight off these emotions when you can really, when you can immediately connect your negative thoughts to prayer, like you immediately go into prayer right when you start thinking negative, that it will be your saving grace. I promise you. So try to get in the habit of the moment you start thinking negative to say a prayer, whether that's dear father God, just enter in and help me break this loop or dear father God, I need you. Dear Jesus, be with me. Holy Spirit, enter in just small little prayers like that. It doesn't have to be something so incredibly amazing. Like God's not looking for that. All he's wanting you, all he's wanting to know is that you're seeking him. And when you just say a simple thought like, God, I need you. Ooh, you don't made him so happy. He's running towards you like no other. He's never not going to be there for you. I promise you. In 2 Timothy 3.12, let me see. 2 Timothy 3.12 It says Yes, and everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will suffer prosecution, but evil people and, and imposters will flourish. They will deceive others and will themselves be deceived. Again, 2 Timothy verse i mean chapter 3 verses 12 through 13 yes and everyone who wants to live a godly life in christ jesus will suffer prosecution but evil people and imposters will flourish they will deceive others and will themselves be deceived mm -mm -mm -mm. we are not promised to be safe from the cruelty of this world because we're with christ unfortunately it gets it gets worse than before because you're no longer for it but against it and it's always against you meaning the world so you're seeing people's true colors let me repeat that again because i feel like i really butchered that we are not promised to be safe from the cruelty of the world because we're with christ and unfortunately 
it gets worse than before we had Christ because because you are no longer for the world but against the world and it is always against us so you're seeing people's true colors so remember when you start this journey with Christ if you're a new Christian if you're a baby Christian even if you're not a new Christian you've been knowing Christ your whole life I feel like you still can grow in this department is that you must understand that whenever we are followers of Christ, it does not exempt us to a painful life and to a hard life. Again, it makes it our life is probably worse than worldly people because we're going to be prosecuted. He told us a lot, and I think it, I believe in John that this was going to get really bad for us, and so this is why the suffering is happening. This small, this suffering that you're experiencing now is very small compared to what is to come if we live if we are to live in the days where jesus is close to coming it is going to get worse and worse and worse that's scary if we don't understand the love of god and we don't understand the grace and mercy of god and we don't understand that that is for his that the coming of christ the second coming of christ should only bring fear to the people who do not believe in him the people that do believe in him should not feel fear the only reason why we feel fear is because we know we're not doing what we should be doing right now for him so we're scared that if he comes he won't accept us right now which he won't probably and we're also scared that if we die in this moment we could be going to help because we're not doing what we're supposed to do it is not ever because we're fearing him specifically it's because we're fearing our actions that it might lead us to our death rather than to our life our eternal life that is a gift given by him and so we need to understand again suffering is inevitable it is going to get worse but when you take when you look at suffering in the biblical way and at the worldly way right if you're looking at it worldly you're thinking about it hopelessly you're scared you're nervous it doesn't feel good but if you think about it biblically you know there's growth you know you're not alone and you know you have it is not your strength it is his strength that gets you through it and we have a tool we have a source that is so incredibly powerful and if we just used him the way that we should be and not in a way to take advantage of him but use him to our advantage we would be moving mountains <laughs> and first uh peter four through uh sorry first peter um chapter four verses one let me find it sorry it says so then since christ suffered physical pain you must arm yourself with the same attitude he had be ready to suffer too for if you have suffered physically for christ you have finished with sin you won't spend the rest of your lives chasing your own desires but you will be anxious to do the will of god you have had enough in the past of the evil things that godless people enjoy their immortality and lust their feasting and drunkenness and wild parties and their terrible wor worship of idols Ooh, y'all should really y'all should honestly Ooh, ah. sorry guys i'm i'm realizing okay honestly guys read all of first peter chapter four because that's a really good it was really good let me repeat what i'm supposed to read sorry i got distracted <laughs> uh so then since christ suffered physical physical pain you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer for if you have suffered physically for christ you have finished with sin mm. he said be ready for it be ready for it mm. remember jesus is our example if jesus himself who was completely perfect and did not deserve an ounce of the pain that he went through and he still had to go through it where do you think you get off not having to go through the same thing think about that okay so now we're gonna look at we just looked at the biblical way of suffering so that's 
the biblical so suffering in christ is we have to get our minds focused we have to remember that god is the one who works within us when we have um the desires or work on our plate he is always working in us for our greater good we have to remember that we're not promised to be safe from the cruelty of the world because we're with christ and unfortunately the world is against us not with us and we also need to remember when we suffer um in christ you can take that as a sign of suffering with the flesh and once you're suffering with the flesh you are no longer giving into it and you will know then you're breaking from sin Mm. Mm. so now the worldly suffering that's only one point of view that's so when you're suffering in christ your mind is also in it right and when you're thinking of holy things honorable things admirable things pure things when you're realizing that the suffering is bound to happen so you're you're able to build the endurance that it requires to break those thought uh cycles um that's what it is to suffer with christ you know there's it's still suffering in your mind but it's 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 having tools to beat it right when you're suffering with the world you're still suffering with your mind but there is no result you're just a chaotic mess 24 7 and never ever solving anything but staying the same all the time every day is just painful 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 and it's not because like all this stuff is cra- all this stuff is happening to you it's just because your mind just doesn't stop ever you have sleepless nights you have sleepless days you have you're just always constantly in the battle of your mind and Oh gosh, am I on six? No, I think that, yeah. Okay, sorry. In Titus, in Titus, Titus, T I T U S, uh, Titus, chapter one, verses fifteen through sixteen. It says, "Everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who." Cur- who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and conscience are corrupt such people claim they know god but they deny him by the way they live they are detestable detestable sorry they are detestable and disobedient worthless for doing anything good Mm. let me repeat that again titus 15 through 14 chapter 1 everything is pure to those who whose heart are pure Nothing is pure to those who are corrupt and unbelieving because their minds and conscience are corrupt or corrupted. Such people claim they know God, but they deny him by the way they live. They are detestable and disobedient, worthless for doing anything good. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Way to, way to talk down, right? The Bible can be really like humbling, like it really does humble. When you are suffering with Christ, the world, or sorry, when you're suffering with the world, you allow your mind to explore places that were never supposed to be explored. You defile your thoughts when you're too curious with no structure. You don't do the things that show your belief in God. So when you're suffering with the world, you allow your mind to explore places that were never supposed to be explored. Do you not get that? We're not ever supposed to explore this, that negative thought cycle that you're in, those suicidal thoughts that you may have thought, those lustful thoughts that you're thinking, um, those resentment, that resentment, that anger, that hatred, that conceitedness, that pride. You were never, you're never supposed to know those things. You're never supposed to explore those things you're never supposed to be curious without a structure meaning when you're curious and like oh what is this oh let me try this oh oh i want to go here and see this oh i just want to be with the people i, I just want to be i just want to have fun i just want to da 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 oh yeah just feelings 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 all that leads to destruction and chaos and you going into places that were never supposed to be for you and you taint your spirit you make your flesh more prominent and you give in and it just causes pain and you say you believe in christ yet the things that you're doing does not correlate with that you can't be a person that says i believe in jesus i know he died for me on the cross 
but yet you're going and you're still doing all the things that prove not. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not speaking with judgment at all because I am a person who is human, if you didn't know. (laughs) And I do things all the time that aren't godly. And I sit and immediately there's the the spirit that will convict me because there's condemnation and there's conviction. When you have a heart conviction, that is not bad. That is something good. That that heart conviction is supposed to produce learning and growth and help you. Now, condemnation is shame and it's rooted in selfishness and some and an own someone's own agenda to make you feel bad and their own thoughts or the enemy trying to make you you know feel more terrible than it needs to be that's condemnation but conviction heart conviction the growth you know you know when you get in trouble from your parent and you're like no you're not supposed to do that and you know you weren't supposed to do that and they're yelling, and they're telling you no you're not supposed to and you feel that oh i just disappointed them oh i just did something wrong or you know you just feel it in your heart and it just sucks and a lot of people they take that and they think that they're getting attacked no you're not getting attacked you're just you're just feeling that guilt because you're a good person you're not a bad person so of course you're not going to feel good when you're not doing the things you're supposed to do and i do that i get that all the time where i'm just like i where it's either if it's in my language or if it's in how my reactions or if it's in my actions i just i'm like immediately he gives me those hard convictions and i'm like yep that didn't that didn't represent him at all and luckily I got him humbled me a lot in 2023 to where I'm able to quickly apologize if, you know, if it's towards his people that I'm reacting badly and not representing him right. I can immediately go back and apologize and take, you know, ownership of my doing. But before, ooh, I thought I was perfect, guys. I thought I could do no wrong. I thought because I knew Christ and knew the Bible and knew all these things that I'm telling you that I that it was above me to experience anger and low and like just not anger um to experience what's the word like to be more fleshly i guess and more spiritually i just thought that was impossible since i was reading my bible and doing my part and going to church i just thought i was above that and god said no you're not above that you're very much in it and you need to understand that you're always going to be in it it's just you need to keep fighting it though and not giving into it if that makes sense okay so number two suffering for christ which is our purpose so remember who and what you are here for so our purpose our so suffering for christ is our purpose right so in first peter 5 8 through 11 let me go to it okay First Peter 5, verses 8 through 11. Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong in your faith. And remember that your family of believers are all over the world and is going through the same kind of suffering Um you are <laughs> sometimes the bible abuse is just is the way they have the sentence structured i'm not used to sometimes okay let me read that again sorry excuse me stay alert watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour stand firm against him and be strong in your faith remember that your family of believers are all over the world that are all over the world are going through the same kind of suffering you are this is a collective suffering when you're we're all suffering all believers are all suffering things and as he said i believe in it's either second corinthians or first corinthians he tells us that we're not suffering more than what we can handle god never just gives us more than we can handle so whatever you're suffering in you can handle it i know you think you can't but you can't he wouldn't put it in your path if you couldn't. He doesn't give you more than what you could handle. 
Stop allowing yourself to be victimized by that and allowing yourself to be weak because you're only thinking about your strength and your will and your feelings in your life. How about you think about his strength, his feelings, his love, his actions, his word. And I promise you, it takes a lot of that burden because he tells you to give him, give him your burden. Give him your burden. Allow him to take your suffering. Allow him to be your strength. Allow him to be your love. Allow him to be your life. We have an enemy who is ready to pressure us when we are getting ready to live our lives for Christ. He will attempt to break you and isolate you. But if you look at your brothers and sisters in Christ, you will find comfort that this suffering is now sub- uh, subjective to you. When we suffer for him, he assures us he will restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. Wow, wow, wow. I don't even gotta say more than that, right? Second Corinthians four sixteen through eighteen. Let me find it. Let me find it. I told you we had a lot of scripture today, guys. I ain't just giving you nothing. I'm giving you the word. I'm giving you the word. These are not my these are not my uh my what is my opinions. These are his opinions. <laughs> well, Hopefully that's not controversial to say. Okay, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. That this is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we do not look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things we cannot that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will be gone soon, but the things we cannot see will last forever. <laughs> I love that. This is a fraction of our lives. 75 years is a baby is a baby compared to the eternal life we have to come suffering is a fraction of the glory to come for eternity of the glory to come for eternity again as i said the average lifespan that we of of a human life is now i believe like i i want to say around 75 around if it's not maybe a little bit higher maybe a little bit lower but i believe that's the average lifespan of human life that is literally a baby compared to eternal life. Do you not get that? Eternal life. When you believe in Jesus Christ, you have to understand death is no longer for you and with you or towards you. It is It is nothing. Because you believe in Christ, you have life now. You no longer have a death sentence. And even your body that dies once he comes again for his second coming that then even is alive we die our body decays does this thing on earth right but then and our spirits go up to the lord jesus christ and then when he comes down if we die before his second coming we will come with him and our bodies that we once that were once dead will come back and be resurrected as well so understand that even your flesh doesn't die for long when you believe in Jesus. It's only temporary. You have an eternal life to come. Remember that suffering is a fraction of the glory to come for the eternal life in store for you. We don't look at what is now. We look at what is not seen. That is faith. Faith is not to what is seen. It is what we believe. It's 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 things beyond our comprehension. Our hope is not on what is seen. Our hope is what is not what is seen, right? In Romans 5, 1 through 5, which is my personal favorite verse of how to view your suffering. But I don't know how this version is going to write it. I hope it writes it well and more understandable for you guys. But in chapter 5 of Romans verses 1 through 5 it says therefore 
Since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of undesired privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that the help, sorry, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials for we know that they help us develop endurance and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation and this hope will not lead to disappointment for when we sorry for we know how dearly god loves us because he has given us the holy spirit to fill us fill our hearts with his love so again endurance produces character and character produces wait let me see no let me let me sorry sorry suffering produces endurance endurance produces character character produces hope i believe and hope will not disappoint us because it's rooted in love so again endurance is tolerance so what it's saying is that this suffering is building your tolerance up and this tolerance then is building your character which means your personality your morals who you are right so suffering is building this tolerance to the suffering which this tolerance then is producing who you are and then who you are is producing these hopes and these hopes are your desires your plans your goals so again the suffering goes from building your tolerance this tolerance then bridges uh produces who you are and then who you are produces this hope which are your dreams and your goals and you know that those aren't to be disappointed you are not to be disappointed by that hope and those goals because they're rooted with love and with god so when you now are suffering now remember it is building up this tolerance which is building up who i am which is building up my goals which these goals are true because they're godly given Ooh, that makes me want to jump up <laughs> that makes me want to jump up okay sorry when you are living by flesh you are living for yourself for the world and not for your creator there is a resistance and a destruction that takes place and you become hope oh oh oh, oh. sorry that was the wrong note completely ignore that <laughs> I meant to say is understand that this is what our suffering will result to if we stay with christ versus romans 5 verses 1 through 4 is the result of suffering when you stick with christ that is the definition of biblical suffering romans 5 1 through 5 the definition that's biblical suffering right there now what i now the other part of what i was saying now we're going to look at the worldly suffering in Romans 8, 5 through 10. Okay. Romans 8, 5 through 10. Did I leave line 9 out? Oh, no. Oh, no. Really? Okay. Romans 8. Romans 8, 5 through 10. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death, but letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God, it it never obeys God's laws, and it never will. That is why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Spirit of God living in you, and remember those, remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ live in them do not belong to Him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit 
gives you life because you have made right with God. So when you're with the flesh, your flesh is hostile to God's law. It's hostile to God in general. It's hostile to the spirit. It does not follow through. It will not follow through. But when you're with the spirit, it brings life. It brings growth and it produces solutions that's how you know if you're if you're siding up with the spirit or you siding up with flesh if you know if you're getting actual solutions out of your thinking so if your flesh is only if mean if your thoughts are only just bringing up problems after problems after problems with nothing to help you through it it's just your flesh but if you're thinking about the problems and solutions are coming through and you're hearing other things listen to it it comes in a little it comes in a whisper it comes in a fraction of a second but if you listen to it and you obey it just as quickly as it comes results happen just as quickly as you do them with certain things so again when you are living by the flesh you are living for yourself for the world and not your uh, not for your creator there is a resistance and a destruction that takes place and you become hopeless oh boy okay so the third one the last point and then we're done sorry is suffering with christ so we just did suffering so we went through suffering in christ which is our mind suffering for christ which is our purpose and now we're doing suffering with christ which is the world don't try to save the world try to save souls we're not looking for world peace there is no world peace to be done here we're looking to save souls to enter as many souls into his kingdom so that they can be able to enjoy the banquet of christ and his church in matthews 10 17 through 22 let me get that out i keep putting my bible down like i'm not gonna need it okay wait did i already do oh it's because i already Sorry, I'm talking to myself. Okay, 11. I'm so glad I put these sticky notes, guys, because, ooh, this would have been embarrassing for how long it would have lasted for me to find this. But anyways, um, Matthew 10, 17, 2, 11. Matthew 10. Okay. Sorry. But, a, but be aware, for you will be handed over to the courts and will be flogged with whips in synagogues. In the synagogues, you will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it is not you who will be speaking. It will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. A brother will betray his brother to death. A father will betray his own child. And a child and children will rebel against their parents and cause them to be killed. And all nations who and all nations will hate you because you are my followers. But everyone who endures to the end will be saved. When you are prosecuted in one town, flee to the next. And I will tell the I tell you the truth the son of man will return before you have reached wait sorry when you are prosecuted in one town flee from the to the next i tell you the truth the son of man will return before you have reached all the towns of israel okay 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 so <laughs> what did he say <laughs> he said about a lot of scary things he said you are to be killed you are to be it's just gonna be a bad it's just bad for us guys and i know that sucks to say we want to be like oh this is gonna be the great experience of our lives and it will it's so weird guys it will be the greatest experience of your life but also it's just gonna be filled with a lot of bad things especially if we don't have our minds in order that's why i'm here to help you because it's inevitable that we have to suffer but when we have our minds structured in christ and for christ and like christ 
all this makes sense. I mean, he was going through all this and yet here he is still speaking and preaching and loving us no matter what throughout this time, throughout, you know, in the Gospels of Matthew, Luke, John, and Mark. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, he tells us that the world is not for us and will never be for us. We cannot save the world that is doomed to failure. In Romans 8, 35 through 39. For the spirit of fear. I can clearly. Sorry guys. Um, Romans 8, 35 through 39 says. Can anyone ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or uh, calamity or calamity or are prosecuted or hungry or destute, destute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, you were killed every day. You were being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us sorry and i am convinced that nothing could ever separate us from god's love neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither neither our fear for today nor our worries about tomorrow not even the power of hell can separate us from god's love and no power in the sky above or the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. For his sake we will be slaughtered like sheep, and those will and those will not separate us. And sorry. For his sake we will be slaughtered like sheep. And still we will not be separated from his victory declared over us, nor his love. So in those verses, it said, yes, you what? Just because you're suffering, does that mean that God does not love us? Is God not going to save us and get us through it? By no means, because nothing can separate us from his love. And when that is what he truly is, is love and essence of love, root everything in love that is to be more like him. That is who his true essence is. And I thank him so much for that because it is so needed in this cruel world. Um, in Second Corinthians for, uh, 4 verses 4, it says, Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. And they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likelessness of God. Mm, mm, mm. so a lot of people a lot of unbelievers even new believers or even some believers who are been believers for a minute they don't realize that it, that verse where it tells us satan is the ruler of this world he is the reason why it is so easy to see the danger unleashed in the world rather than the safety he is in control. He is the reason why it's so easy to do bad things in this world rather than do the good things because he is in control of this world. So when you're sitting over here and you're seeing these children dying and you're seeing these families dying and you're seeing war happen and you're seeing sex trafficking still going on and you're seeing all this unbelievably disgusting things that are happening in this world by our government, by, you know, people in power, by people that are not in power, it is absolutely disgusting and it's it, it can make you so weak and feel so weak to do anything but you have to realize that's what he wants you to think because he knows he does all these things he's he, that's not god that is that is satan taking over that is him showing how he is the ruler of the world this world is only going worse and worse and worse and downhill as we keep going because of his domination over it but that's why jesus has to come again that's why he is coming again for this for a new earth for a new ha a heaven to be us um to be stored back to us restored to us because right now satan has control
So just remember that when you're sitting here in hopeless times, sorry, times that feel hopeless because of all the danger that's happening, it's easy to look at God and say, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you making it like this? You need, you should be doing this and telling him how to be God. And it's like, he already told us that he has no control of what's happening over this world because Satan is in control. Don't put that on him. We have free will and you have to understand the beauty and the torture and the dangers of, of free will. The beautiful part of free will is that we can freely love God and obey God and do what God wants us to do on our own without him having to force us because he is a gentleman. He wants us to fall in love with him because we want to fall in love with him, not because he wants us to. And the dangers of it is that allows us to do whatever we want it allows us not to follow him it just allows us to build all these thoughts that make us think that he is not real it allows us to do dangerous things it allows us it allows the enemy to take over if we allow him to because we're weak-minded we can't put that on god though the, the things that happen on this world that's remember that that can save you from a lot of grief to come and probably has came into your life what you've seen on the news if you're a person that watches the news a lot so the worldly suffering is suffering with the world. In Romans 8, 6 through 8, it says, I think this is our close to our last one, guys. Uh-huh. Isn't that exciting? Let me see. Yeah, this is one of our last ones. Okay, Romans 8, 6 through 8, it says, So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. But letting the spirit control your mind leads to peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeys God's laws and it never will. So that so that's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. So we read that verse earlier, but it fits perfectly with suffering with the world. When the mind is on the flesh, it engages in worldly things. And if it's focused on those things, it leads to death. When we think on the spirit rather than the peace, sorry, when we think on the spirit, then peace and order is bestowed upon us. So again, when the mind is on the flesh, it engages in worldly things. And if it's focused, um, and if it's focused on the things on those things, it leads to death. But when we think on the spirit, then peace and order is bestowed upon us. When we're suffering with the world, we're hostile to God. We can never please God. It says that in Romans 6 through 8, right? But when we're with God, we can find his peace, his understanding, and what he wants for our lives. So, first you need to understand what you signed up for. You signed up for eternal life, but in a world who wants to rob you, of that life and kill you you are to be put through the ringer because uh he's building an army you are his sheep again you are to be put through the ringer because he's building an army you are his sheep you have a cross to carry and a thorn from it sorry you have a cross to carry and a thorn from it that has to stay to humble you remember that you have a cross to carry and a thorn from it that has to stay to humble you according to second corinthians 12 7 through 10 go read that on your own um the way the man simon wait what oh sorry the way that the man simon helped jesus in matthew 27 verses 31 or in mark 15 through 20 or in luke 23 through 26 that is us in our daily walk he showed us how to deal with temptation and how to resist it read matthew 4 um verses 1 through 11 he showed us how to deal with people against us and what to say read how we talk sorry read how he talked um to the pharisees he showed us how to handle our emotions read how he lived his life in prayer he showed us how to suffer with him and how to get through it read luke 22 34 through 46 he showed us ways to do it he did not just say you're gonna suffer and that's it but there's hope 
because I'm going to come back. And then left. No. He gave us stuff to do to help us with this. Read again. Matthew 4 uh, verses 1 through 11 of how he showed us to deal with temptation. Read how he talked to the Pharisees on how to talk to people who are against you. He showed us how to deal with our emotions. Read how he lived his life in prayer. He showed us how to suffer with him and how to get through it. Read Luke 22, 34 through 46. He did not leave you here alone just to suffer. He gave you tools. Use them. You need to keep your mind on what is holy. Like I said in Philippians 4 um, through 8 through 9. You need to pray and get intimate with your prayers privately. Like in Matthew 6, 5 through 15. And you also need to digest his word and be a doer, according to James 1, 19 through 22. Okay, so you need to keep your mind on what is holy. You need to pray and get intimate with your, uh, and get intimate with your prayers privately. And you need to digest his word and be a doer of it. Suffering will be a lot more clear and a lot more easier to get through when you have the word with you. And you know, because that's how Satan fought, I mean, sorry, that's how Jesus fought Satan in the desert. He used scripture whenever, in scripture, and Satan knew scripture too. Satan knew scripture too. He tried to, he tried to manipulate it. But when you know your word, and when you're with the spirit, when you're with your word, you know that Satan can't, can't use those against you. Because the, the spirit already told you how it goes. So just remember those things, guys. And I hope, I hope, I hope that this video or this episode made any sense that it was hopefully structured goodly <laughs> and properly and i made sense and i hope you i mean if it was only one thing you were able to take from this that's all it is that's enough for me and yeah that's the end of this guys this is this is what i meant by the title you are not suffering for nothing i think we went through a lot of things to make that very clear that this is not for nothing okay so we're just gonna oh yeah i'm gonna give you the question i'm gonna give you your assignment and then we're gonna end it with prayer so my question to you is how are you going to look at your suffering moving forward how are you going to look at your suffering moving forward I want you to answer that either on, if you're listening to this on YouTube, the comment section, on my Instagram, The Christ Mind Podcast, or my Facebook, The Christ Mind Podcast. Or if you look up A.D. Rose on Facebook too, it'll lead you to The Christ Mind Podcast. But please answer those that question. How are you going to look at your suffering moving forward? And the assignment I have for you is I want you to create one phrase to tell yourself when you're to tell yourself when you're suffering create one phrase or one small prayer to tell you to tell yourself when you're suffering so whether that's god doesn't give me more than uh what i can handle or whether that's saying suffering builds me up not tears me down or saying am i siding up with god or am i siding up with satan with this small it's a small question or a small phrase or a small prayer whether it's jesus i need you or jesus i submit myself to you holy spirit come in and rebuke the flesh whatever it may be what is that small create a small phrase to take you take yourself out of that negative thought cycle that we were speaking about what is it going to be what's going to be the thing that breaks that chain create something just something whether that's three words five words a whole prayer what is it what are you going to keep telling yourself to fight those thoughts? You can't just hear this and just walk on and think that this is going to stick with you. No, you got to keep placing this stuff in your mind. So, again, create one phrase to tell yourself when you are suffering. And also answer the question, how are you going to look at your suffering moving forward? Okay, now I'm going to end it with prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed are thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Dear Father God, I just pray that as we move forward in this week ahead, that we really truly have a different, active vision and way of going about our suffering. That is and how 
you want us want us to experience and how you designed it to be father you do not ever create any of this just to laugh in our face no you only do ever that only you only ever do this to show your love and to show us what we're capable of and so we just pray that when we're suffering with christ or for christ or in christ that we just remember our minds we remember our purpose and remember the real true goal we have for this world and we just all and we stay connected to him and always and be and remember he is our true example he's he is who we follow i thank you father for sacrificing your son for us thank you holy spirit for connecting us to jesus and god just despite of us not being able to see him right now and i thank you jesus for sacrificing your life for me for them for all that is rooted, for everything that is rooted in love. I'm so grateful for you, Father. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. See you next Wednesday, Wednesday beloved. Goodbye.